very good day wherever you are in the world. This is Spreadsheet Pete live from sunny Titherington in Macclesfield in May in Cheshire. We've got some terrific tunes. We've got some interesting BBC phone-ins and uh, lots more, including your requests on Spreaders Ever, first ever, ever podcast. got music old and new and we're kicking off with a brand new song you remember you're beautiful sung much better than that with a much higher pitched voice by james blunt well here's his brand new one he sang it live on radio 2 this week from his home in ibiza but this is the original cd version of the greatest by James Blunt Too much to say Too much to lose I get frustrated thinking about the world I brought you to It's a battle of time that I have with you We don't decide how the when or if we make it through I feel that you deserve a chance to know the truth and to be better than The ones who came before you only to let pride and money weaken men So be the young, the brave, the powerful Cause the world is standing waiting for someone to come and change it Yeah, be the young, the brave, the powerful Cause we need Save us, need someone to be the greatest So many words, veiling the truth The earth is turning and it's time for us to choose And people will try to take you down too but if I was a betting man, I'd put all my money on you I know that I have nothing left to give to you to make you better than The man I failed to be, the friend and father that I know I should have been So be the young, the brave, the powerful
James Blunt there. Oh, we're getting a bit of feedback already. Not a good start. James Blunt. See, we'll get we'll get used to all this. Uh, let's turn me down, and then I don't blast feedback all over the nation. How's that? Yes, I've done that. Right. Uh, Alex Lester. Do you know him? He used to be a DJ on BBC Radio 2. He used to broadcast live between midnight and three o'clock. And then the BBC decide, decided that they could not afford uh, Alex Lester between midnight and three o'clock, so they got rid of him. And two weeks or a few months later, they started broadcasting again between midnight and three o'clock with some numpty DJ uh, who was nowhere near as funny and nowhere, nowhere near as good. So poor Alex was left to fend for himself on, I think it was BBC Radio uh, Kent, BBC Radio Oxford, and subsequently he did a 10pm till 1 slot on BBC in the West Midlands, and I think he just got fed up with all that. Anyway, they've given him a brand new show on Greatest Hits Commercial Radio, Greatest Hits Radio, which broadcasts nationally on DAB. It's on medium wave from the Ashton Moss transmitter. Now, I used to have a girlfriend. Uh, I won't tell you her name, just to spare blushes. But um, we used to pass the Ashton Moss transmitter, and in those days it used to broadcast Radio Manchester on 206 metres, and Radio Luxembourg used to be on 208 metres, so they were just two metres apart. And if you were listening to the chart show on Radio Luxembourg from my house in Mottram, driving to Droylsden, as you came close to the Ashton Moss transmitter, Radio Manchester drowned out Radio Luxembourg, so you couldn't hear the chart show. That's a little aside there. Anyway, back to Alex Lester, and he's just started a brand new 10pm till midnight show on... Uh, British Hits Radio, and it's called All Together Now, which was a hit by The Farm, you may recall. Anyway, Spreadsheet Pete was on his very first show. Together Now with me, Alex Lester. Good evening, if you just joined us. Sister Sledge. Now, let's talk to Spreadsheet Pete. He's on the line. We'd love talking to you on the programme, by the way, so do get in touch. Spreadsheet Pete, good evening to you. Good evening, Dark Lord. Spreadsheet here. That's me. Now, <laughs> first of all, for people who don't know, Spreadsheet Pete, that's, you know, you weren't gathered, the, the family weren't gathered around the font and the vicar christened this child Spreadsheet. No, no. My mates christened me Spreadsheet, actually, because I've got so many bank accounts, I need a spreadsheet to work out what's happening in the world. Mind you, there's no point me, me being a spreadsheet anymore because the interest rates are so rubbish since uh, coronavirus. I may as well go back to what I can, actually. <laughs> Oh right! Oh, so therefore, the you know you're not just the, 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 all the spreadsheets and all the all the bank accounts that none of them have got anything in it. Oh, that's well, a bit of a shame. I think Pete, some of the ices might uh, survive, but uh, for a few years. But they're fixed, you see. But after that, it's it's. Uh, Pauper Pete, probably. <laughs> I think a lot of people are actually in the same boat at the moment. Pete, well, let's on lighter. Let on a lighter note, let's talk about school days. You've got a school Indeed. day story to tell us. We're talking about that now. Yeah, back, there was one morning when I was um, in the school playground and it was cobbled, and my mate just—I don't know why he did it—but he just tripped me up, banged my head on the concrete cobbles, and broke my tooth in half. But this is probably retribution, because a number of years ago before that, um, I was in, lived in a place called Duckinfield. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It was in Cheshire. I have heard then. of it. A place called yeah. Tameside now, near Ashton Underline. 
and I was in my other mate's back garden, and this other chap was there, the one who uh, damaged me, and sadly, I threw a log on the lawn, and it bounced up much higher than I thought it was going to, and it, and it clobbered him on the head, and he actually, I think he had to have some stitches in it. I was so terrified, I ran to be grands. But this uh, this incident where he tripped me up on the school playground, he broke my, broke my tooth in half, and when I worked in Jordan many years later, uh, I had to have that tooth out, and and uh, luckily, because I was in Jordan, my company paid for the new tooth. But even that one came out, and then they had to pin it, and it's been a mess ever since. So all my other teeth are perfect, and even at the age you of know uh, what? whatever. This is fantastic, Pete. I can say he, he was your mate was obviously playing the long game. Revenge is a bit well, a dish best I don't actually think or he whatever. was doing that, but he he came on me hard, and uh, I suppose there was a bit of revenge there. But I, had, yeah, I actually saw him on jury What a great story. <laughs> Pete, we could be on here all night, but it's been yeah. great to talk to you. I hope to talk to you again in the not too distant. That's uh, spreadsheet Pete show, Alex, and his amazing always. tooth. Yeah, Pete, thank, thank you. you. Uh, that's amazing. The man, you can tell him he's got a tooth missing at the front. Should we have a tune? Aztec camera, somewhere in my heart. And his name was Peter Blakey. Sorry about the uh, slight crossover there. There's a bit of a delay on the line because Alex is doing the programme from home at the moment due to COVID-19. That's Aztec Camera and Somewhere in My Heart. And I crashed my car to Aztec Camera driving back to work some years ago listening to Key 103, this wonderful lady, Joyce Arena, pulled straight out in front of my car about a few hundred yards from our office car park, would you believe it? And she wouldn't admit that it was her fault, so her insurance company tried to go 60-40, 70-30, 80-20, 90-10, and they pulled out one day before the thing went to court. After all that angst, <laughs> took nearly nine months to sort that out. Never forget it. So that's Alex Lester in his brand new home on Greatest Hits Radio. You can catch him every weekday between 10pm and midnight. And he also does a show between 4 and 6. So he's working both ends of the day. Not sure if his uh, morning show is live or not, but uh, excellent. Anyway. One of the greatest DJs going, I think. And over the course of the next few weeks, uh, I'm going to play you some really good uh, disc jockeys from my past and see what you think. Right, we have another tune now. This is for Erasmus Klico from Denmark. And I, I, I don't know if I can pronounce his name uh, correctly. So, rather than me do it, uh, I, I phoned him up the other day said, Rasmus, can you pronounce your own name so the listeners get the correct version? He said, certainly, Spreadsheet. Rasmus Hina Orwell Kiko. I found a love for me Darling, just dive right in Follow my lead I found a girl Beautiful and sweet I never knew you were the 
for me Cause we were just kids when we fell in love Not knowing what it was I will not give you up this time Darling, just kiss me slow Your heart is all I Is grass, not grass. <laughs> That's Ed Sheeran and perfect 
unlike this uh, sound quality. There's a bit of a hum on the line. I can't uh, seem to get rid of that, but we'll turn me down a touch so it doesn't distort. And uh, that, that brings the hum down to a minimum. Right, now we go over live to Five Live with a dozen Adabaya. And did you know that you could actually listen to Five Live in stereo, even though it's never been broadcast in stereo on its own source network, but it is in stereo overnight when it goes out on BB National, the national BBC stations, radios Ulster, Scotland and Wales, and on every BBC local radio station, it is in stereo. And it even goes out in stereo over BBC Sounds on those stations, but never on its own station. How bizarre is that? Anyway, here's Dutton Adebayo talking to um, Spreadsheet Pete. Just ahead of uh, Dutton, we have a, a gentleman uh, from across the pond, uh, as uh, my friend here will explain. Now then, what were you doing on the 26th of February this year? Oh, no idea. If you'd have put the television on, you would have heard a certain person on the other side of the pond from the British Isles saying exactly this. We have very little problem in this country at this moment. Five. When you have 15 people, and the 15 within a couple of days is going to be down to close to zero. And I just see you right now, it's about 149 cases. We pretty much shut it down. Yeah, you shut it down, Donald, um, and close to zero. Now, when I did math, maths, at maths, school, as they call it in America, or maths. mathematics, or maths, as we call That's it better. here, um, close to a million, or just over a million as it is now, uh, is not close to zero. No, no, it isn't. This is the guy that goes on about everybody else spouting fake news. Fake well, news, yeah. Fake news. Actually, I think he does more than anyone. I think he does, yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Here are, this is a, an amazing track oh, by is, yes. The Killers. Be still and go on to bed. Nobody knows what lies ahead. Life is short, to say the least We're in the belly of the beast Be still Wild and young Long may your innocence reign Like shells on the shore And may your limits be
731 Let's talk first of all to Peter in Macclesfield in Cheshire. Good to speak to you, Peter. How are you? I'm very well, Dutton. Uh, the last time we spoke yes. uh, was when you did, did your, your sort of music three hours and I chose Year of the Cat as the best <laughs> animal on your uh, programme. Do you remember that? I, I do remember the Virtual Tune Box. I do remember Year of the Cat. And it was uh, voted the best tune of, course. <laughs> of what, the who's, evening. Who's that by again? Al, is it Al something or other? Al Year Stewart. The, Al Stewart, that's it, of course, Al Stewart. Yes, 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 it's you, is it, Peter? It's me. So how am I coping? Because I live on my own, Dutton, oh. and... Uh, in some ways, if I drew the curtains, there's not much changed for me, except, of course, I cannot see my friends face-to-face, -face, and uh, I really miss that. But I'm, I'm trying my best to come to terms with technology mm. and uh, see them virtually on screens and things, but it's not the same, is it? It's not the same. It's not the same, but it's close. It's as close as you can get under the circumstances. But I, I'm a bit... 
um, confused by some of the rules and things and the guidelines and the law. And especially what, what really, I was talking to one of your colleagues about this the other day, uh, about initially they said you could only walk from your house. And then they revised, they tweaked that a little bit. And now I think you're allowed, is it to drive five minutes in your car to a nice quiet spot and start a walk? As I understand it, and you're right, it gets tweaked here and there uh, from place to place. As I understand it, you're allowed to drive as far away from your house as um, is reasonable, but as long as your exercise period is longer than your journey there. It's how I understood it. So well, is there can, any limit to how long you can exercise for? Well, they're mm. talking with well, the limit is they're saying an hour's exercise. I mean, that's more than enough for most of us. But, well, I know, but, but I mean, there's some magazine cyclists out there that could oh, probably go to John O'Groats. Absolutely, 100%. And you're quite right to question all of that. Yeah, they, but they, they're leaving concrete in any of these rules they're all very gray and flexible aren't they is that not better is that not i think it is personally i i prefer it like that quite honestly but are you going to be pulled over and fined by the police if the guidelines are so vague anyway i don't think they can can they well if you're driving four hours away from your home to go and exercise they might say look mate you are taking the flipping exactly um so i can understand that but there's something very british about this lockdown yeah italians do it their way they're under manners as we put it you know they cannot do one thing or another whereas we we're allowed to use a little bit of our common sense and flexibility as long as we don't take the Michael like you say, that's fair enough I would like to drive to my um, ex next door neighbour's house tomorrow with a packet of food because her husband died on the 1st of March and they didn't release the body for three weeks which was a nightmare for her and she's lost a stack of weight Mm. and she wasn't able to have a proper funeral she was in that window between when I think it was Matt Hancock announced the other day that you could at least you could attend uh, a loved one's funeral but she fell in between those two uh, a gap so uh, that was tragic for her and I all I want to do is cheer her up I don't necessarily have to go in a house or anything I can just leave a parcel on her doorstep that's and I'm sure people do that's what even though she's 12 miles away I'm sure the police no, would let me do that no, absolutely you you are allowed to do that because I it, thought it's, so, yeah. it's, it's arguably like an emergency um, delivery yeah, you know, it's the same for you as any other delivery. I person. mean, she has others looking after her, obviously. Mm, but mm. you know, I've known that family for fifty years, and I was in tears when she told me. She didn't tell me until six weeks after he died because she just couldn't cope with all this lot. And I, I can understand that. It must have been dreadful for her. Hundred percent, hundred percent. For anybody to go through that, I mean, we've all been through some challenges, but obviously those family and friends of loved ones who have died have been through hell and back over the and Can I tell you a quick story about Humphrey's, uh, sure. her husband? Sure, why not? When I did the Pennine Way uh, oh, many walk. years ago... That's the walk across, is it east east to west, isn't it? No, it's across. from uh, Kirk Yatam in Scotland 
to oh. Edale in Derbyshire. It's, it's the backbone of the country, basically. Okay. That's why it's called the Pennine Way, because the Pennines are the backbone. Mm. So it's north-south, really, well, or south-north. I did it from north to south. And the reason I did it that way, Dutton, is because I wanted downhill, to feel right? like I was coming <laughs> home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought I'd throw one in to cheer you up there. There you go. Sorry. Anyway, on. every day I used to ring my dad and tell him uh, where I was, and he liked me to, to phone in just to, to be assured I was okay, because I, I, was, I wasn't really staying in many youth hostels or anything. I was camping most of the time, because I wasn't a member of the YHA back then. In fact, the, the one youth hostel that I did try to stay in was closed, so I just and it was dark, so I put my tent on an island, uh, on some grass, sorry, in, in, the, in the middle of nowhere. And when I woke up on the Sunday morning, I'd actually put it on a roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that, you know. I, I always tried. Was going, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, I, I didn't swear bother. to you. I've done exactly the same have thing. Have you really? I've done that. I swear to you. Yeah, going from I believe you, yeah. Stockholm to Copenhagen <laughs> to, to the, uh, the Danish version of um, uh, Gastonbury, which is called Roskilde. And yeah. it was in the middle of the night. We were in a roundabout. Yeah, <laughs> I was in the middle and I woke up and yeah, I, drew yeah. the, uh, I drew the tent uh, window and I thought, oh my goodness. Anyway, I, I thought I went to heck with it and I didn't bother. And I... Um, I cooked me breakfast in the middle of the roundabout, and it was Sunday, so nobody bothered. And I remember listening to Desert Island Discs, and it was Michael Foote was on. And uh, I think it was Sue Lawley, and she was asking him about the, the Mac that he wore at the uh, at the Cenotaph that time and all that. Yeah, but, it was yeah. a donkey jacket, wasn't it? It was a donkey jacket. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, it? Anyway, going back to the, the Humphrey story, yeah, yeah. so I, I'd ring in to my dad and tell him where I was. And unbeknownst to me... Dear Humphrey had got a map of the British Isles and he bought a load of coloured pins and he'd stuck one every time I'd located where I was. And so he, he had a, a route of where I'd been for my whole walk. Isn't that wonderful? Brilliant. Brilliant story. What a man. What about care homes? You wanted to say something quickly on that? Uh, I wanted to say something about care homes. I wanted to say something about these graphs. That they sh you know the, um, the press conference that they have yeah, every day? Yeah, briefing, yeah. The very last graph on that, and I was talking to, uh, was it Jim Davis about this the other day? Yeah, yeah. They compare one country's death rates with another, yeah? Yeah. Now, according to something I read, France's figures include care homes. England's, uh, sorry, the UK figures do not, but then they've started another graph in, over on the left-hand side, and I'm looking at it now, and I've freeze-framed it just to make sure of what I'm saying is correct. But if you look at the, the main graph, it means until we get the information that's current, our figures are not including care homes, so you're not really comparing like with like on those graphs, are you? If one country includes them, because how many people have died in care homes in Britain? Yeah. We don't really know. Is it about 7,000? Well, we're going to find out very shortly. And by the way, what pleases me with all of this, if I can put it in that way, is that you really are getting to grips with technology. And well done, Peter. Let's talk again. I've got to go to the news. Thank you for calling 0800 731 would you believe I've managed to find the extract from BBC Radio 4 of that particular edition of Desert Island Discs featuring the Right Honourable Michael Foote and it was broadcast on Sunday the 24th of October 1988. Was it not? 
Can we talk for a moment about your appearance, Mr Foote, a matter which has got you into trouble on occasions, not least at the Cenotaph, when the press decided you turned up in your donkey jacket? <laughs> yes, well, the donkey jack jacket was never a donkey jacket, and the shop where I bought the jacket, they were most aggrieved about this uh, charge. It was a perfectly respectable jacket. It was a dark green one. I had a black suit on and black shoes, and it wasn't a donkey jacket at all. Indeed, as I mentioned in the House of Commons before, once when I got back after the ceremony, I certainly intended no disrespect, of course, to anybody there. When I got back into the foreign office where they give you a drink after the affair, I, it was a cold day, a bitterly cold, cold day, and I was when I got in, I was greeted by the Queen Mother, who was always very kind and people and she she said to me what a nice coat you've got on and how good a coat that is for such a day as this and I said well thank you very much so I never occurred to me there was going to be any trouble he's talking utter rubbish he looked like an absolute tramp anyway not to worry here's as we mentioned earlier this is Al Stewart and the year of the cat And if you've got your stereo wired up correctly, this is coming out of the left speaker only. If, you've, if it's coming out the right speaker, you've wired up your stereo the wrong way around. And if, if it's coming out of both speakers, you're listening in mono. Here comes the right.
and patchouli So you take her to find what's waiting inside The ear of the cat first learned of that record on a reel-to-reel -reel tape recorder when I was at university. That was Neil Stokes introduced me to that. And I loved it so much I went and bought the record and some years later I went and bought the CD. Now we've uh, been looking through the uh, Spreads archive and we've managed to find that interview with Dutton Adebayo. Here he is. Let's speak to Peter in Macclesfield. Good morning, Peter. Good morning. Good Gosh, morning. Follow that, dare I say, Peter. Absolutely, I can. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Good to speak to you anyway. Good morning. Good morning. And you. Year of the Cat by Al Stewart is the best record of all time. I saw him perform it in the Royal Albert Hall and there's a monstrously brilliant saxophone solo and the saxophonist was right next to me doing that piece in the aisle. Unbelievable. Oh, wow. Well, what's the song about? Is it actually about cats? Is it about a year of a cat or not? It's, it's uh, very interesting lyrics. It's, it's not really. It's about all sorts of different things. Yeah. It's about... Um, um, on a morning from a Bogart movie in a country where they turn back time, so not really. But so, uh, was it? Is it something to do with Chinese astrology then, or something? Uh, something like yeah, that, I would think. Yeah. Yeah. So it came out in the year of the cat, or something like that. Is there a year of the cat? I would is there a year of the cat? I don't know. Actually, Mark knows these kind of things. Mark, is there a year of the cat? 
I would, you'd have to assume so, wouldn't you? I yeah. mean, you know, they, they do go through, you know, it is something at the old McDonald's well, farm about it, although, of course, as you say there, that's... Uh, having that's, said that, having said that, there is the year of the tiger, which is a cat, you know? Yeah, we've got... And I have a tiger as well. <laughs> well, there is. You could have gone for that, but you've gone for... Who is Al Stewart again? Who's he? He's a, a singer-songwriter from... Uh, I think he uh, started life in the 60s and he knew quite a lot of famous artists at the time, including Tony Blackburn, would you believe? Yep, I would, actually. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I heard him interviewed on Johnny Walker's show on Radio uh, 2 not that long ago. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he used to knock around with Tony Blackburn. Uh, I think he might have even been in the same band as Tony Blackburn at one yeah, time, yeah. but he, he keeps that a bit quiet. <laughs> <laughs> but this is interesting because... Um, this is the year of the cat for me because I've been looking after next door next door but one neighbours cats ah, and dogs. Recently. I love the way you've linked it all together. And, and the cat <laughs> comes into my house; it loves me. It loves me. It's, it's will, purring that, incessantly. That will cost you, you know. It will never leave your home, particularly no, if it's well fed. Not, not after I bought it this gourmet <laughs> tin of cat food, which it exactly. pushes around my kitchen. I knew it was a food. I knew it was a food. I knew it was a food. Nobody's fool, are they? They're no. <laughs> Lily the cat. Anyway, Year of the cat yeah. is a good test yeah. of stereo, and this is amazing. I can get Radio Five Live in stereo in Macclesfield from Wales, but it's never broadcast in stereo on Five Live itself. But it is on BBC Radio Cymru and all the BBC local radio stations. In the night, it's in stereo. Did you yeah, know that? Yeah, I did know that because they take our feed and they are on the FM dial, whereas we're on the medium wave dial, exactly. which is mono. Yeah, well done. you. And even on DAB, you're in mono because your bit rate isn't high, high enough to do stereo, is it? Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, although I would always suggest you buy two radios so you can have one in one ear, one in the other ear, and that is essentially <laughs> stereo. stereo. Is it? I know. <laughs> It may, it may not be stereo, but it keeps the radio business in, in business. Well, yeah. exactly. Yeah. But Less, they're all at different speeds, aren't they? So, uh, on, on yeah. technical matters. That's, 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 that's beyond his case. Let's hear this year of the cat, then. And, Peter, thank you very much. Well, great story, by the way. And I've just discovered that, actually, he wrote it because he had a girlfriend who was into Vietnamese astrology. Vietnamese. Obscure, but there is a year of the cat in Vietnamese astrology. Ah. So that ties it up very nicely for us, I think. But let's hear about Bogart. On a morning from a Bogart movie In a country where they turn back time She goes strolling through the crowd like Peter Lorre Contemplating a crime On a morning from a Bogart movie In a country where they turn back time You go strolling through the crowd That's one of my favourite records of all time, Year of the Cat, by Al Stewart.
You might think I'm crazy. I, I can possibly comment. Right, here's a request now for a Mr. Bryson Anderson, who lives in um, Arizona. Right. And uh, he's a big, big fan of country and western music. So we have a, a nice track here from Brad Paisley. She looks great in cheap sunglasses She looks great in anything She's I want a piece of chocolate Take me to a movie She's I can't find a thing to wear Now and then she's moody She's a Saturn with a sunroof With her brown hair blowing She's a soft place to land And a good feeling no She's a warm conversation that I wouldn't miss for nothing She's a fighter when she's mad And she's a lover when she's loving And she's everything I ever wanted And everything I need When I talk about her I go on and on and on Cause she's everything Day out on the town and a church girl on Sunday. She's a cross around her neck and a cuss word cause it's Monday. She's a bubble bath and canvas. Baby, come and kiss me. She's a one glass of wine and she's feeling kind of tipsy. She's the giver I wish I could be and the stealer of the covers. She's a picture in my wallet of my unborn children's mother. She's the hand that I'm holding. I'm on my knees and praying She's the answer to my prayer And she's the song that I'm playing And she's everything I ever wanted And everything I need When I talk about her I go Chair. I want rocking right beside me Every day that passes I only love her more Yeah, she's the one That I'd lay down my own life for And she's Everything I ever wanted Everything I need She's everything Everything I ever wanted 
here we go, that's Brad Paisley and everything to me. So keep those requests coming. We've got uh, one coming up from our friends in Spain and a beautiful lady in Stainforth, I think it is, in Doncaster. That's coming up. But before that, uh, we're going to... Uh, well, we're going international, but we're also going to... Uh, an Irishman called Connor Phillips, who actually spends most of the week uh, doing a show for BBC Radio Ulster and BBC Radio Foil, F-O-Y-L-E. Um, but he does come over to the the rest of the UK um, on Saturday evenings to do a show for BBC Radio's Merseyside and Manchester, although I think this week he wasn't actually... Um, in England, he was doing the programme from home. Anyway, here he is talking to Spreadsheet Pete. BBC Radio Manchester. Right, are we going international now? Oh, not yet. We, we, we could be going international in a bit. I get could, I could very excited. There's two things that really excite me about um, being on the radio, either really early in the morning or late at night, is if you get an international call or you get an email. Emails could come in, connor.phillips at bbc.co.uk, and you go, oh, I got an email. I get really excited with that. I don't know why. Still don't know why. Been on the radio for years. I've had an email address for years. Uh, Peter, thank you for holding on, Peter. I used to work in Jordan and Oman. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, well, do you know what? Um, they are foreign. Do you do you still have any of Jord- Jordanian or is it Om- Omanian? Uh Om- Oman? Uh, Omani, I think it's... O- Omani, you know, culture to bring the show this evening? Well, yeah, and I, I still keep in touch reg- regularly with my Jordanian friend who lived here for a little while while he learned English, and he now lives in Seattle with his wife and four children. And I see him uh, about three times every five years. In fact, I, I may have been able to see him this year, but uh, I was going to a wedding, actually. Um, what date is it today? It's the 18th, isn't it? Uh, it's the 18th for another 31 yeah, and a half minutes. I been going to a wedding today in Ohio, in uh, Idaho, sorry. I nearly applied for a job in Oman once, Peter. Did you really? Uh, it's a lovely country. I've I been really told liked that. it. And, and they've got a really strong um, sort of English-speaking culture where they need radio stations and TV presenters and stuff. So I nearly applied for a job there once. And they allow um, English-speaking... They have an English-speaking section on their news, actually, in English. Yeah. And it's not presented by an Oman, it's presented by a lady from England. It was one of those jobs that, that came up and I almost went for it and I, I had conversations and all with the uh, with the Omani people and the people who were organising it and I was like, and then I just went, no, it just didn't work out. So I, I was just always wondered what it would have been like. So have you never, you've never been to the country then? No, never. All, no, all, all over the phone. And interestingly, the pylons are are made by the Northwestern Electricity Board, so they look very like ours, except they're painted red, I think, and white, maybe. Isn't the, that bizarre? The weather's a bit different, I'm sure, as well. Oh, the weather's a lot different. Do you know the highest temperature was when I was there? Go. 50, oh. five zero degrees centigrade, which is actually on my cooker dial. What? <laughs> Let me see, what's that in Fahrenheit? Hold on a second. Oh, I have no idea. I'm not in Fahrenheit anymore. 50 degrees. <laughs> 9 divided by 5 plus 32 or something. I have no idea what that 50 is. 50 degrees in Fahrenheit. 122 degrees. Well, there you go. 
Jeepers. It wasn't like that all year, obviously. And in Jordan, I've worked in Jordan, and that, that got up to 50 as well. I, I, I was in the Dead Sea then, so I was there, sat there with my newspaper floating. Uh, but fabulous. Um, I, I worked as a, a civil engineer at that time uh, on the water side of things. We were doing a recharge dam in Oman, and we were building uh, a reservoir. Uh, we were increasing the height of the water and, and making the reservoir taller in Jordan. And I, it just fabulous, uh, amazing experience. I made some lovely friends, and I've kept them to this day. As I say, my Jordanian friend came over here. We had a real struggle, actually, getting him a visa, because I don't think originally the British uh, embassy were convinced he was going to go back to Jordan, but he did. But he loved England, and he, I, I took him all over the place. I went to Scotland, and we even went to Northern Ireland and Ireland as well. Went over, and, and did he get? In, did he, he got some good culture over there? Did he? He did, and, and people thought it was fascinating that uh, an Englishman had made friends with uh, an Arab, and they loved it, and they were all taking photos of us. <laughs> it was great. And do you remember where was the place where they filmed Ballykiss Angel? Oh, let me see. Here's oh, here's here is a random link with everything. I was an extra. Right. I was an extra in Ballycastle. Oh, were you? What's the name of the town? I, I cannot for the, the life real me. name. It's I think it's two syllables. Oh my word! I can't remember. It, you know where the church is and everything. I mean, I took him there, and he loved Ballycastle Angel, and we watched that on Jordanian television, and then surreally went to the place, and he thought it was wonderful. You know, it was it was Avoca, Avoca, Avoca. Wicklow from memory it's just outside Dublin it is, so yes, it's in, it's in right. Wicklow yeah yeah and um, Colin Farrell started it was in and around the time Colin Farrell was in it years ago I, I had a brief yeah. foray of being an actor and I, I was an extra in a few things I was an extra in that like, I've never I've never so seen myself where are you myself. from in Ireland which part of Ireland I'm from, are you from I'm from South Armagh I'm from South Armagh uh, right. South Armagh which is about ha- exactly halfway between Dublin and Belfast because ironically we went to um, Northern Ireland uh, from what's the it's it's not Stranraer is it it's um, somewhere in Dumfries and Galloway yeah uh, and I can't remember the name of the port now but you we got went the across boat over yeah we it was a ferry and uh, I think they do a faster ferry but uh, because the sea was so rough we ended up on a bigger one uh, is it uh, Cairn Ryan I think Cairn Ryan yeah 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 to Larne would it be. To yes, to Larne. Yeah, and then we drove up the coast and we went to the um, Giants Causeway. Giants Causeway. I knew you were going to say that. Funny enough. And then we went to Loch Ney and we went into a pub. And the guy working behind the bar was from Ashton Underline, where I was born. <laughs> and I, that's bizarre. You, you get these really ridiculous things, don't you? You do. You, go. you do. Indeed. I don't think that's what you called up for, Peter, was it? No, I called up to say because you were saying what you're doing to get away from all this. I, I, can't, I won't even mention the word. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Peter. It's um, it's just dominating everybody's life, and it's. I live on my own actually these days, and I, if I drew the curtains, I just wouldn't notice much of a difference. To be honest, except the main thing, obviously, is you don't see and have human contact because you're not allowed to. Mm. And that's the biggest thing. But I'm still keeping in touch with people using the internet. And I'm sort of, I'm 61, uh, but I'm I'm reasonably tech-savvy, actually. And uh, I recently bought myself, luckily, a uh, smartphone. It was only 30 quid. My sister paid hundreds for hers, but... Uh, 
Mine was 30 quid, and it's much the same as hers. Uh, and it only costs five pounds a month to run, so what the heck, you know. Mm. I don't have a, a pile of data, but if you've got Wi-Fi, and I've got free broadband for life with TalkTalk, Talk, so I don't need it, do I? I could just link into that, and uh, away it goes. So I only use about 20% of my data, because everybody whinges on about, oh, well, I've got a ton of data. <laughs> I, got, I got unlimited data offered to me the other day. Did you? I'm like, what? What does that mean? What can I do? Can I, like, you well, know... Have you got time in a month to use up unlimited data? It takes me. I've got 50 megabytes or whatever it is, or gigabytes or whatever they give you, and uh, 500, sorry. And I only use 20% of it because I'm using most of mm, that the at home with the Wi-Fi. So why, why bother? You you're, getting, you're getting WhatsApp messages as we speak, Peter. It sounds like it doesn't want to take the thing away. <laughs> no, no, no. It's 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 a no. Absolutely. Stay, uh, this is the this is the beauty about radio. I'm getting a little window into your soul. The the more yeah. weird and wonderful audio noises, the better. But what I'm saying is, I can still go out on my bicycle. One of the frustrating things is the government weren't very clear at the beginning about what you could do from home. Yeah. They said you had to walk from home, and I maintain no. Why do I have to do that when if I. I don't want to necessarily drive to a beauty spot. If I drive about five or ten minutes away from home, I can get to a much quieter starting point for my walk than I can if I walk from home. Because you encounter dog walkers, sometimes kids, and they were all coming well within two metres of me, even though I was trying to avoid them, you, you know. You, you, you can't you can't help it sometimes, can you? But if you can drive somewhere you know is quiet and, and, and start your walk from a known footpath area... What's wrong with that? And and sure enough, a few days later, one of the ministers announced that you can do that. I just think the, there's no there's no perfect science to any of this, right? There, it's, it's common sense, isn't it? At the end of the day. But then I think the issue there is there are people who will steadfastly. You see, in Ireland, right? Um, you can only do two kilometres from your front door. And I think it's the same in Wales, isn't it? Mm. That's, mm. that's two kilometres from your front door and if you're not doing two kilometres from your front door you've got to tell us why. What, what is the situation? Why, 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 are, why are you more than two kilometres from your house? But what do you think is the harm in going five minutes drive from your home to a better place to walk because you know it's quieter and if you pick your time like I tend to do mm. these things about five, six o'clock at night when everyone's having their tea and I've not seen a soul apart from the you know you see the odd walker and the odd cyclist but you see far fewer than you do if you start from your home on an estate It's going to be up to you then to convince the uh, the officer who says, "Excuse me, sir, well, you, why, why, why are you here?" And I'm um, fairness, now you can actually do it. You can do what I've just suggested. Yeah, I think there's, there's a lot of common sense being used because uh, mm. at the start there wasn't really, and people were getting. And a I little, think the police were coming uh, heavy-handed on them simply because they weren't obeying yeah. the distancing rules, which is fair enough. I, I have to say, you now there there's a lot of lot of love, and rightfully so, for the NHS workers. And we talk about yeah. our we talk about our, our bin well, men. I think the and police our, are doing a really I was, that was, I think that, they're only clamping down on people when they really have to. That was my next it. point. That was the point I was yeah. going to make. I, I think the police deserve a little bit of love as well because... I think they do, yeah. Uh, 
I've I seen them I've seen it the other day and I've seen there was people gathering in a park the other day and the police they, they used their common sense they used uh-huh. a, they were good humoured well mannered they know that everyone's struggling at the moment now obviously this, it's different different horses for courses different things happen in different cities but I saw what they saw them and we, myself and my wife were out for a walk and we were walking quite a bit from the home and, 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 and we were kind of going oh I've just seen the police they're just around the corner there should we be worried should, and they did make us rethink and we kind of went okay we have to be responsible and we have to make sure we're not giving the police anything to do because they have important and, and they still have to police in a normal way as well the the, the other stuff that they used they do. to do and I, I think there are a lot of people in towns and villages are upset because they're getting a lot more people coming there and buying stuff from the shops, stopping them from getting their stuff. You know, I can understand that to a degree. Mm. Um, and there was that incident in, was it Derbyshire, where they had a drone and it was taking pictures of people walking. Actually, from the footage I saw, they were all well over two metres apart. Um, so it wasn't that, it was just the fact that mm. there were hordes of them congregating in the car park and all the rest of it so you know it's just common sense I think yeah I think I think we are we're heading towards that and well, you see I'm lucky enough to live in Cheshire in a lovely area Fancy. with a lot of open spaces can you imagine someone living in a flat I mean what do you do if you're in the lift and someone tries to get in uh, you're living on the 20th floor and someone tries to get in on the 10th let, I tell yeah, you what, let us know, 0800 218 because we know there are people listening and they have been and they were in the last couple of weeks who are in that situation. I'd love to hear from them. And, and is coronavirus going to linger in the lift because people are in and out like a yo-yo? And then if you go on the stairs, are you going to be within two metres of someone going up and down stairs? You know, it's, uh, and if you're, if, you're, if you're not as able-bodied as everybody, you, you might struggle to, to walk backwards and get to a safe landing or something that mm. is two metres. You know, there's all that, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's common sense, and you're right to point out the fact that you know you've been trying to do it legally within within the system. I have, and I, yeah. you know, if I was told categorically I couldn't do it, then I wouldn't do it. I'd stick to the rules. But it's a question of does that put you more at risk than doing what I'm doing? I'm I'm in a metal box. I'm not going 50 miles to somewhere to start walking. I'm going two or three. It's, it's I don't really see the harm in that. Yeah. Especially if I choose my time and I go when I know it's going to be quiet. For example, on Friday, there's a there's a lovely beauty spot around here called White Nancy. And I drove to Carriage and I sat in the car and I had a look around. There was nobody around, so I got out of the car and I walked up to White Nancy. I met one other person. Now, how can that be harmful? And we were well mm. apart. Yeah, um, I think I think do you know what? Just with, with common sense, I did. Uh, I read. There's that much stuff to read at the moment, but I did hear oh, yeah. and read that people were saying, "Look, it's, and it's in the rules. If, if anyone was any, if, if they're worried about what they can do, it's literally, literally, it's they have a website literally dedicated to what you can do and what you can't do, and it's in very straight terms where you can go, what you can do, what you can't do. It's, and it's a government don't website. You, don't you think, though, that the media fall into the trap sometimes of assuming mm. everybody in this world has a computer? Because they don't. There are a lot of old people out there who don't like computers, and I know one of them, mm. uh, one of my ex-next-door neighbours. She lost her husband, sadly, on the 1st of March, and by the time they'd released her body, we were in lockdown, so she oh. couldn't even have a proper funeral. And now they've relented a little bit and said that... Uh, the relatives can attend the funeral, but she was in that sort of uh, no man's land window where she mm. couldn't. 
And, it's, and she's absolutely distraught. She's already lost a lot of weight, and I'm really concerned about it. Yeah, I know you're, you're absolutely right. What you say there, um, Peter, and, and I do it myself. I'm, I'm absolutely uh, culpable when I when I start pushing. I've got a computer. You've got a computer. But how many people don't have a computer? And when you pick up the phone these days, you want the bank or whoever it is says, "Go online, do the chat." Da, da, da. What about people who don't have a computer or can't afford one or have learning difficulties and aren't able to use one? You know, there's a lot of people in that category. Mm. Do you remember the other week the BBC announced they were getting rid of the red button service? I didn't know this. Well, they did, and, and they was, it was supposed to have gone by now on the telly. You know where you press red and you get the football results and you get the share? You know, when I hit the red button on my remote, the TV turns off. Oh, really? Mine, mine goes to the red button, fully enough. <laughs> my my, my on-off button is red. But I've had two cataract operations, and at the time they announced it was going, in, it's supposed to have gone at the end of January, I think, or thereabouts, but a lot of blind people complain, so they've, they've given it a stay of execution, or they've given it a stay of execution. And well, I've, just, I, well I've, been told, I've been told in my ear by my wonderful production team, um, it's the text and headline service which is going off the red yeah, button. and that's the one I use yeah. all the time. I, don't, I, I do use the other a little bit, but I, I love the text, and I'll tell you why because even though some people may have the internet not everybody's got the internet but the for example you know when you're looking at the stocks and shares nope <laughs> on the telly you get four pages and you get about nine or ten um companies all in a row if you try and do that online you have to put them in one at a time it's like waiting for God, oh, really, <laughs> trying to do it online. So it's actually faster on the red button. And like me, as I said, I had two cataract operations. I was halfway through when they decided to get rid of the red button and I couldn't see my computer. So I was wholly reliant on the text service to see the news. Because what you can do with the telly is you can increase the size by double if you press zoom in mm. so i could easily see from my chair with the, the one good eye after my first cataract operation which, which took, took a few weeks to settle down some some people they work straight away others like me it took five or six weeks for my eye to adjust and luckily with the second cataract operation that was a little bit uh, earlier so now i can see perfectly for the first time in 45 years without my glasses which is amazing but i do need reading glasses to see to read so i can actually see both the computer and the television now but i still think that that red button service is i mean alan Bezik said it was really slow it, uh, it isn't and I, I would challenge alan to to have a race to see who pulls up the football results, the weather, the um, shares, and all the rest of it faster? Well, you can do that. You know what, Peter? I'll let you know a wee secret here. Uh, let me just check. Yeah, he can do that. He has the process. You can actually call Bezik, right? Alan Bezik, if you're listening on BBC Radio Merseyside, um, it's normally Alan Bezik on, on this slot, Monday through Sunday through Thursday, uh, on BBC Radio Manchester and BBC Radio He's Lancashire. Not on Merseyside, except on a Sunday, though, is he? Yeah, that's... That's my exact point. So I'm yeah. saying to our Merseyside listeners, if you want to know what we're talking about, um, oh, right. Sorry. Yeah. He, he has a remote control and he has a television in front of him where he could access the red button. So he could he could play it himself. <laughs> he could race you. So ring him back and tell him. No, I, I want to race it with my telly. That's what I mean. Computer. So yeah, you get you, you ring him. You get onto the phone. Right. He's got the computer in front of him. Spreadsheet. You, you've got the red button, and let's see who wins. And I will. I would tune in for that. 
Oh, would you? <laughs> hey, Peter, <laughs> thanks for ringing.
It's Toto from the album Toto 4 and Africa. Well, that's your lot for part one. Uh, in part two, more of uh, Connor Phillips from Northern Ireland, South Armagh, he actually lives, so he says. Um, and it's Challenge Bezic time and lots more of your requests. And uh, then we'll call it a day for Spreaders Podcast One. But that's the first hour or so. And I hope you enjoyed it. There's uh, quite a bit of stuff in there. We'll see you after the break.